We're going to uh, continue our series about the miracles in John's Gospel. We're going to read from John's Gospel, chapter 6, beginning at verse 16. John 6, 16. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they drove three and, or three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were terrified. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. This is a a miracle story that's in three of the Gospels, uh, as well as John. It's in Matthew and Luke. John gives us the briefest of the three accounts, and uh, there are a few more details in Mark and Matthew tells us an extra part of the story, the part where Peter steps out of the boat and attempts to walk across the water to Jesus and has to be rescued by Jesus because he is afraid. Those who don't believe in miracles try to say that, um, actually, this is not walking on water. Um, The Greek can be translated, they saw Jesus beside the water, not on the water. But that totally fails to explain the story. It doesn't explain how they'd rode for three to three and a half miles and still saw Jesus on the the water side. It doesn't explain their terror. Why would they be afraid at seeing Jesus exactly where they thought he was on the side of the lake? And it certainly doesn't explain the story in Matthew about Peter's attempt to walk to Jesus. This is a miracle. And it links to the story of the feeding of the 5,000 in that as we read further on in John and and Jesus' conversation when the crowds catch up with him in Capernaum, the background to it all is the people of Israel going through the Exodus, going through the desert. And as the feeding of the 5,000 relates to Moses providing the manna or God providing the manna through Moses, as Jesus points out, so here's a reminder as Jesus walks on the water, that they got out of Egypt because God split the Red Sea apart. It's all about the fact that only God can do these kind of creation miracles. It's part of John's purpose for his gospel that these signs show that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that through him you might have life in his name. Down the centuries, this story has been interpreted as an encouragement to individual Christians and the church in dark times. And the story we've heard from David and Jenny reflects on that kind of pattern. And we're going to look at it briefly in that way. And the first thing is that obeying Jesus is not always easy. Mark, in his account of the story, says, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him. He stayed maybe to sort out the people who were trying to make him a a king, a a 
revolutionary leader. He stayed to pray. He sent his disciples on ahead of him. He knew they would face difficulties, but nevertheless, he sent them. Sometimes preachers give the impression, if you obey Jesus, your life will be wonderful. If you disobey, your life will be terrible. But it's not true. Jesus, the Jesus that we follow, told us to take up our cross and follow him. We're following someone who went through Gethsemane, where he prayed, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, and sweated what was like great drops of blood as angels strengthened him. We're following one who went to Calvary, where he prayed, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was never going to be easy following Jesus. And sometimes the closer we get to him, the harder it becomes. When I was 13 years old, my family moved to Wallasey. It's on the Wirral, across the river from Liverpool. 13's, 13's not a great age to move. I had lots of friends in Plymouth. Didn't make any friends in Wallasey. I spent about seven or eight years up there, very lonely, became very introverted. It became very difficult. It took me many years afterwards to get over that and recover from it. It was the dark time of my life. I didn't understand why God did that to me until a long time afterwards. But I can look back on it now and see this, that it was in Wallasey that I properly came to faith, that I made my commitment to Jesus. It was in Wallasey where I began to learn the skills of working with children and have my first opportunities to preach. I met Lynn, my wife, when she came on a visit to Plymouth. But hey, guess what? She lived in Wallasey. And when I wanted to visit her, I picked up the phone and spoke to the youth leader at the church where I had been as a teenager and said, any chance you could put me up for a week so I can come and visit this girl that I really like? And he and his wife said, yeah, that'd be great. We'd love to see you. I didn't do as well at school in Wallasey, I think. Who can tell? But as well as I would have done in Plymouth. Didn't get the A-level results I wanted. Couldn't get the university place I wanted. So came back to Plymouth. But if I hadn't come back to Plymouth, I wouldn't have joined Youth for Christ, I wouldn't have become a schools worker, wouldn't have set up the Christian Resources Project, which is the work God's had me to do for 40 years. So out of that dark period when I was lonely and introverted and felt, what is this all about? God brought almost everything that's been significant in my life. It's different for everybody. There are no easy answers. But God calls us, and we obey, and God works, and sometimes that's hard, it's difficult, it's painful. The disciples struggled against the storms, against the wind that were in the wrong direction. They had to row because they couldn't sail. But God brings blessing and glory to him through it. So how do we cope with difficult times? Well, that could take us all evening, couldn't it? But just, just picking out one thing from this story, when you can't do a lot of things, do the things you can do. 
The weather was stormy, as I've said. The wind was blowing in the wrong direction. The disciples, several of them were perfectly at home in boats. They were fishermen. They couldn't put the sails up and simply sail across the lake. They had to row. And uh, the progress they were making was very slow, but they did what they could. And when life is difficult for us and we don't see where God is in it, we do the things that we can do and trust God for all the rest. Don't give up on God because God has not given up on us. And then thirdly, Jesus never abandons us. Mark, in his account, tells us Jesus saw the disciples straining at the oars, so he went out to them. Again, a a personal story. At uh, one period, I worked alongside a qualified Christian counselor. And it was at the period of time when uh, child abuse, particularly historic child abuse, was just beginning to come to light. And we had a lot of people contacted um, Crossline, which was the organization we were working with, wanted to talk. They were people in their 50s, 60s, 70s. They'd been abused as children. And they had never spoken to anyone about it. And now, because it was in the news, they wanted to talk. They wanted to look for healing. And we met with them, and he would take them through their story, get them to tell it. Then we'd meet again, and they'd tell it again. Then we'd meet again, and they'd tell it again, because the accepted practice in those days was that the more times you told your story, the less power it had over you. But there would come a point where he would say to them, going to do something slightly different. I want you to imagine and relive one of the experiences you've been through. Get it in your mind. And then he said, now look at that picture. Where's Jesus? And the first time it happened, I thought, that's a crazy question. They're going to say, Jesus has abandoned me. Jesus has left me. He doesn't care. That's why it happened. It never happened with any of the people we talked to. Everyone at that point Where was Jesus? They would suddenly see. He was there holding my hand. He was there with me. He was suffering alongside me or something positive that they had never seen before. And that was the start of the healing process. It's not usually for most of us so dramatic as that. But in the dark times, in the difficult times, Jesus is there with us. And it may only be much later than that we can see it. How do we sum it up? Well, simply that there are no easy answers in life. Being a Christian doesn't exempt us from problems and hardship. It may even create some that wouldn't have existed otherwise. But Jesus is always with us, whether we're aware of it or not. Working his purpose out in our lives. We know that God's aim is to make us like Jesus. And you know, I'm a bit cowardly. The bits of Jesus I'd like to be like are the miracle workers and the brilliant preacher and all that kind of thing. But as we've said, Jesus was one who suffered, who knew hardship. And God will work that in our lives as well to his glory. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the lesson those disciples learned on the lake, that Jesus had not abandoned them. Father, thank you that when we are 
going through hard times. You're there whether we sent you or not. Thank you for the good that you bring out of the difficulties in our lives. Father, help us to trust you. Help us to comfort and console one another, not to give glib answers and easy answers, but simply to walk alongside those who are going through dark times. And Father, if we are to go through them, put people alongside us that can bless us and hold us close to you. For Jesus' sake, amen.